I was just thinking about you. Get a take on the world from the founder's point of view. You're listening to Randall's Thoughts on HBCU Pulse Radio. Yes, so on today's Randall's Thoughts, I want to talk about the new Netflix docuseries Untold and specifically their first episode, Untold Malice at the Palace. First and foremost, I have to say that the Malice at the Palace Untold episode was amazing five stars, 10 stars, go watch it. It is art. But as a basketball fan and as a black man, the documentary touched me in a different way that I had to talk about. I mean, I did not intend to do this commentary. You know, it's been a long day. I'm working, trying to make things happen. But I really want to do this commentary because that documentary really touched my heart. I was young when the malice at the palace happened, that fight between the Pistons and the Pacers. You had HBCU alumnus, Virginia Union University alumnus, Ben Wallace, that pushed Ron Artest, now Metal World Peace. It caused a ruckus on the court. And then you have the fan that throws the beer bottle at Ron Artest. Ron Artest goes over to the stands, tries to find the fan, knocks another fan out. The fan that threw the bottle holds back Ron Artest and Steven Jackson comes in and starts swinging and then it just gets crazy and it is a moment in sports history. We all have seen that video. It resurfaces on Twitter about every year around the time of November for its anniversary and a lot of folks have jokes and hot takes on it and I've even joked around about it at a certain point. But watching the documentary really put it in perspective for me primarily because I was able to look at the documentary from the viewpoint of Reggie Miller, from Ben Wallace, from Ron Artest, now Metal World Peace, from Stephen Jackson, and most importantly, from Jermaine O'Neal, who suffered the most from that incident. And it's a couple of takeaways that I have from the documentary, all right? So first and foremost, we always talk about the negative of social media, but I think we need to focus on the positives. Social media has given us the opportunity to have a platform to make our voices heard and to provide societal pressure on the media to make sure that they use their powers the right way. We're almost like the watchdogs for the media to a certain degree. If they're acting out or they're doing something that is off kilter, we're able to get them back in line. In 2004, that was not the case. If you didn't have a radio show or a TV show or wrote a column in a newspaper or a magazine, you didn't have a voice including if you were Kobe Bryant or Shaquille O'Neal or LeBron James or Reggie Miller, you didn't have a voice. You didn't have a platform to really tell your story. Look at what's going on now. You have, you know, the Players' Tribune. You have LeBron James uninterrupted. You have Steven Jackson who reinvented himself and Matt Barnes, all the smoke. You have so many different vast media outlets of niche interest and also that are about black interests that would have hopped on this story if it happened now. Because as I'm watching the documentary, I'm like, yo, what if the malice at the palace happened today? Well, first and foremost, the thug talking point wouldn't have happened. Here's the reason why. So you see what goes on on Undisputed, First Take, and all these other sports shows. They react to anything that the players do or say. LeBron, he releases Space Jam, and you have Skip Bayless talking about, oh, it wasn't as good as, you know, Michael Jordan's version. Reacting to a movie that LeBron James made, right? So here's how I think things would have happened in a social media generation if the malice at the palace happened tonight or happened in November of 2021. 
They would talk about it, but that thug talking point, first and foremost, Twitter is on you. You're getting canceled because you're not going to call no black man no thug when you don't understand that that fan went and threw the, and threw the bottle at Ron Artest. It was an encore incident that the, that the commissioner could have handled, but then the fans got into it, and now it's a whole total different situation. So first and foremost, that thug talking point wouldn't have happened. But here's another reason why it wouldn't have happened, right? They would have, like, Ron Artest or Steven Jackson, they would have gotten on a podcast. They would have written a column. They would have been tweeting. And they would have gotten their story out. So let's say Ron Artest goes on The Breakfast Club with Charlemagne, and he talks about the incident. Let's say Reggie Miller goes on, you know, first take and has a sit-down with Stephen A. Smith. The media cycle would have been determined on what Ron Artest said in this hot take generation. Like the whole entire media cycle would have been determined on what Reggie Miller said in his sit down with Stephen A. Smith, because that's the society we live in. See, the reason why the byproduct of the the issues and everything that went down with just the pressure of David Stern to suspend Ron and Tess indefinitely for the rest of the season and all of just the, the, the pressure to regulate these thugs in the NBA, it's because you had the media talking heads, primarily white, media talking heads that were pushing that thug narrative people latched on to it you had black folks in the community you had a lot of folks that weren't able to have their voices heard so david stern felt the pressure from the traditional media to make something happen and i think he acted totally wrong and now the narrative wasn't the fans were assaulting the players now it was the players are savage animals that are going into the stands assaulting the fans that paid their hard-earned money to be there that's the power of media and perception and narrative. If I control the media and I control the way you see things, I can control your action and your mind. So this is something else that happened in the documentary that really spoke to me, right? After everything went down and Ron Artest was suspended for the rest of the year, the Pacers were a championship contender. Remember, they had just beat down the Pistons before the brawl. They won, They were winning 97 to 82 with around two minutes left in the game, right? So. After that incident, you know, things went crazy. Reggie Miller was out. He retired later on that year. Ron Artest was suspended for the rest of the year. And while Jermaine O'Neal got a lighter, you know, sentence from the NBA after he appealed it, he was still out. And that disproportionately affected the Pacers that were a championship contender. And you lose three of your championship players in Jermaine O'Neal, Ron Artest, and Steven Jackson, right? So Ron Artest decides to leave. Leave them high and dry. He said, man, I didn't even want to wear the jersey. This was so embarrassing for me. I'm just going to go, and I'm just done with the whole situation. And then Steven Jackson said he wasn't feeling that move. Reggie Miller said the same thing. But Jermaine O'Neal said that he held resentment in his heart for Ron Artest leaving him high and dry. And when he saw Ron Artest win that ring with Kobe Bryant, he was done. He, he, had, he was outdone by that move. And you want to know something? I feel that you want to know why I feel it because that's a gen that's our generation type of move you see on Twitter all the time you see oh you don't owe nobody nothing just ghost people that is such a morally and, and it's unethical move just to say hey I don't care how you feel I don't care what you think I'm just gonna ghost you okay you don't owe anybody anything but what about the folks that care about you what about the folks that you care about? You just decide to leave them high and dry, especially after a situation that you were not wrong in, 
but you decided to go into that stand and fight that fan and cause a whole entire ruckus that as a player and as a member of your team, as your brother, I go in and I fight for you and I get in trouble and you're not going to stick it out with me? You're not going to ride with me? You're going to go because it made you feel better? Meanwhile, my career was ruined? Steven Jackson had a ring. Ron Artest went and got a ring. Ron Artest was on championship contenders. Before he went to the Lakers, remember, he was with Tracy McGrady and Yao Ming on the Rockets that were contending in the Western Conference in the 2008 and 2009 season. So he had another opportunity. Reggie Miller didn't have an opportunity because Reggie Miller retired that year. And consistently, he was an amazing player that made history, that went toe-to-toe with Michael Jordan, had a historic moment against Michael Jordan, had historic moments against the Knicks. Didn't have enough to get over the Kobe and Shaq Lakers. Then, because of just mental errors and the Pistons being a more composed team, they didn't get a chance to go to that finals and possibly steal one, like the Pistons did, from the Lakers. So this was their time to shine. They had a good team. Larry Bird and the management made the right moves. They had a good team. And clearly they got better because they beat up the defending champion Pistons that were at full strength that game. Same team, same roster, not really a lot of changes, beat up on them. And then that incident happens. And then Reggie Miller, who was injured that game, was not able to get back to the championship and rightfully fend and fight for a championship that he should have won in his career. That's selfish. I don't like this notion of I'm just going to go people because it makes me feel better. I'm just going to leave people alone and I'm just going to just going to go in, in my bubble because I need to feel right. I just don't like that. And Ron Artest, that is the mindset that a lot of folks have this generation. That's the mindset that Twitter perpetuates. I've ghosted people before and I feel bad about it. And here's another thing too. When I've ghosted people, I felt bad about it because I didn't have a level of closure, right? So does just ghosting people and leaving them alone does it really make you feel better? Because for me, I feel guilty. When I look back at it and I have my moments of reflection and meditation, I'm like, man, I wish I would have handled this situation better. I wish I would have told this person this, or I wish I would have operated this way. Cause I was someone that consistently ghosted people. Right. But I feel as if we don't think about the byproduct of what about the folks we care about. If you're just ghosting people, like, are you, are you just ghosting the folks, for example, that you don't care about? If it's the girls, are you ghosting the guy that's trying to talk to you? Or if, you're the guy, if you're a guy, are you ghosting your friends, your homeboys, or the girl that's trying, that you're trying to talk to, you just ghosting them? Or are you ghosting your friends, your family, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your homeboys, your cousins, folks that actually really care about you and your well-being? Ron Artest was wrong for that, and that was a coward move. I'm sorry, Metal World Peace. I get it. You had to reinvent yourself. You wanted to be a different person. It was a lot that went on. But that was a coward move. But one thing I will say is that Metal World Peace, because that's his name now, Metal World Peace took ownership even after he won the championship. In the documentary, they showed a clip from when the Lakers won the NBA championship. You know, NBA TV was on the scene. He was talking to Steve Smith, I believe Rick Kamler, maybe Isaiah Thomas. And they asked him how he feels. And he says that he feels sort of bad because he realizes that he just won a championship and like Reggie and Steven Jackson and, and Jermaine O'Neal didn't get a chance to, and he feels bad because he felt like he felt like he ran out on them. And he did. And Jermaine O'Neal was like, yeah, I felt resentful from that. 
Now, I hope that at this point they've had a conversation, especially after this documentary drop. I hope that they've had a conversation and they've come to some type of peace. And I hope that maybe it happened years ago and they're all good because I know that Ron Artest or Metal World Peace was on all the smoke and he talked about the incident. But that part just didn't sit right with me. It primarily was because I personalized it and I've seen myself do things like that. And I realized that I was wrong in those situations. So I really wish that we had more forethought about how our actions affect the people around us. And I think we should be mindful of that because imagine if you're ghosted, I've been ghosted. Imagine if you're ghosted and someone just decides to run off on you, somebody you care about, and they don't say a word to you about it. And you don't know how they feeling. You don't know where their mental state is. They just run off on you. They might have pressure with you. They might have smoke with you, but they don't say a word to you. Imagine how that would make you feel. And I know you wouldn't like it because we all want closure. We all want to be treated with some realm of respect. And I think that just ghosting somebody that you care about and not even giving a notice that you're going to check out. I do think that's a bit disrespectful, but I guess the notion is to be got to be selfish. So I guess it, it worked out for Ron. I guess he won a ring. So I, I guess don't listen to Randall. I just think, you know, with ethics and morals and go to my therapist and I, and I talk about different things and how your actions affect other people. He won a ring, but Jermaine O'Neal, he had to sit with it. He was a veteran on the Celtics. Didn't win anything before he retired. He went to the Heat, was injury prone, didn't win anything with Dwayne Wade, and he was out of there right after LeBron and Chris Bosh went down there. He had no place in the league, and then he retired in the early 2010s, and that was his legacy. A great run with the Pacers, the Malice in the Palace, and his career wasn't the same, and it still haunts him to this day. I guess that's life because we got to be selfish, right? But overall, I think that we have to really reevaluate our actions. And also we have to appreciate the realm of social media because it's given us a platform to respond to negativity, to answer to BS, and it allows these players to tell their own stories. And I think that's beautiful. And that's just my thoughts on today. Tap, tap, tap in. You're listening to Post Radio with Randall and Shelby, the heart of the culture. 